You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. What's up? You guys are listening to Velvet's Edge podcast. Actually, it's the first podcast of the new year. Happy 2019, everybody. Um, I am actually still sort of in holiday mode. I'm here with my mom. You can say hello, everybody. (laughs) Um, She is still, she's in Nashville visiting. We went, I went home to, well, I went to their house in Houston, Texas. We'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, over the holidays and then she came back with me for a couple days so last day here and I was like I need to do a podcast who should I have on my podcast it's me it's me it's me so okay well I should introduce you my mom is Rhonda Henderson how many times in like a week do people say quote the Beach Boys song to you help me Rhonda I was thinking oh about I don't that. know it's not as much during the week because I'm work with women it's around men like your dad's friends will go help help me Rhonda they think they're and being so like, cute and clever oh, how original and he <laughs> actually just before. told a story there's a lady in his office right now and her name is Rhonda and somebody did that to her and you know your dad being Mr. Empathy like you are uh-huh. he said Hey, how many times have people said that to you in your lifetime? So, yeah, it's quite often. I always think of, I had a friend growing up, Sarah, if she's listening, um, who would stand in your window when we were at school and go, Rhonda. That's the one I always say. My (laughs) office where I was disciplining kids usually, and I would have them sitting on my couch. I would be looking at the window and she would be doing that. And it was really hard (laughs) to keep a straight face, Sarah. She was a wild one. Well, that kind of gets into what you do. So I always think about, you know, I'm in a really lucky position because I have a lot of badass women to kind of look at around my life that are bosses or they just have a lot going on. And I was like, the OG badass, though, is my mom. (laughs) Um, And so you you were a school teacher for how many years? I was a school teacher for 17 years. 17 years. And then you started being and a then, principal. yeah, I was a school teacher, and you know, in Baton Rouge, a lot of kids do private. Which is, school. we should say, where I grew oh, up and yeah. where we're from, Louisiana, but you now live in Texas. Yeah, and so they so. have a really uh, a big system of private schools. So we were in a private school there, right. um, and I was teaching fourth grade, and the headmaster there uh, approached me because he wanted to open a middle school. So they had. They had a lower school and an upper school. So they wanted to uh, start a school that had sixth through eighth grade. And so he approached me about being the principal of that. And I really what that I had my master's, but that wasn't what I had planned on doing. And so I became a principal. And then when we moved to Texas, your dad, for some reason, wanted me to go back into the classroom for a year. So I did, dad did? that. Yeah, because he was going to be commuting. And, oh. um, he thought it would be easier. And then after a year, he forgot how hard it is to be a teacher because teachers, uh, you know, for as underpaid as they are, they work all day long. And then when they get home, some more. And so he's like, can you go back into administration? <laughs> so I started doing that. And so 
Um, in my current district, I've been an administrator for 17 years and a principal for 14. So. And the, the interesting thing about the the Texas community, you're in the KDISD, which is uh-huh. a community right outside of Houston. But it is like, when I go to your school, it's like a small, if to me, coming from a small private school, your school, your elementary school feels like a small college or something. Right. It's huge. How many kids do you have? I have, uh, I think we have about 1,050 right now. It changes a little bit, but you know, between that and 1,100. So I have eight or nine sections of each grade level, K through five. My fourth grade has 10 sections right now, which That's is a huge, crazy. you know, and then we have, you know, so I have Nine teams of teachers, of eight or nine teachers, and then the office staff has about 10 people on it. Yeah. So about a 108, 110 faculty members. And, Jeez. Um, I have the most respect for teachers. I always have said that when I've gone to visit you at school and stuff. I don't know. One, dealing with that many kids, yeah. dealing with the parents. Like you said, it's such an underpaid job. Right. Well, and I, you have to love it. I mean, yeah. people are doing that job because they want to impact the world and they want to give back. And elementary school principals, I think, I mean, teachers, what a lot of people don't uh, realize about elementary school teachers is that they they have kids all day, so they can't do their work. So they have right. to do it after school or when they get home at night. So, you know, trying to balance that in their families is crazy. Yeah. Did you, so that is kind of an interesting topic because, you know, you've always worked my whole life. Mm -hmm. So what, how did you like, as a mom, were you ever thinking, like, were you just wired to be a working mom, you think? Or do you, like, once you had us, did you ever think about just staying at home? I did. You know, like when I had you and, and then later when I had Zachary, I tried staying at home a year with each of y'all. And with you, I did stay home a whole year. And then I went back part-time. So I was able to job share. So I was able to um, work half a day, which worked out really well. But um, yeah, I, I look back at it now and I go, wow, how did I work and do all the things I did? Because I, I feel like I was a pretty involved mom. And then I don't, I, I look at my life now and I go, I don't know how I fit everything yeah, in. Yeah, how did you have the time? Um, but I just never stopped. And, yeah. You know. So, because when I was um, younger, wait, I also want to make a little side tangent because you mentioned my brother Zachary. Uh-huh. So, I think we should point out if there's any Saved by the Bell fans, yes, my name is Kelly and my brother <laughs> is Zach. Did you plan that on purpose? I did not. <laughs> Mom. No, I actually chose your name. You know, kind of look No, you at, said you were going to name me Rachel. Oh, Could I you had imagine? Two names. What if I, I had was two Rachel? Names. I had because your dad and I look so different in coloring. So, you know, I had to have a name that, in my mind, was had darker skin and darker hair like me. And so that was that Rachel. Had reddish hair. That was Rachel. <laughs> and then I had like one that was like, if you would turn out like him with the more reddish hair and blue eyes, it would be. Wait, Kelly. I don't have red hair. Well, you did when you were born, uh, though. You were everything about. So you I was, was a ginger. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I never knew that about myself. <laughs> well, look at your baby pictures. <laughs> God, learn something new every day. So, okay, that was Kelly in mm-hmm. your head. The light eyes, yeah. lighter hair. And then your dad, which is really, this is funny because Zachary turned out not to even like athletics, but your dad, being <laughs> the football player that he was, listened to, uh, he, he tried names out like they would sound on the loudspeaker, you know, and so. So he was like Zachary. Zachary, Anderson. the Zach attack. The, oh, you know, yeah, all Zach of attack. So, I forgot And that. then Zachary hated you know, football, Zach is, so that was. <laughs> well, and Zach attack was also Zach Morris's band on yeah. Save by the Bell. So yet another time you guys <laughs> are referencing that. So thanks. Okay. Um, back to, I don't know, now I totally lost what we were even talking about. Oh, you were talking about being a working mom. Yeah. Oh, what I was thinking, too, is like when we were younger, I mean, I remember when Zachary was little, you decided to go back and get your master's, mm-hmm. which was you were working a full-time job. You had two small kids, and then you went back. At night, you were going to grad school. Like, how did you do that? <laughs> did I, you sleep? I, you don't sleep a lot when you're in grad school, you know? I yeah. did it twice. So I did yeah. it once in, in, when we lived in Baton Rouge at LSU, and then I did it again at University of Houston, I got a second, you know, went back for a second one. And so it's like just 
yeah, you don't sleep. And, you know, I, people always say, do you want to get your doctor? And I said, my husband would just kill me if yeah, I went back to school again. Yeah, that would be like a divorce. Again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, a, it's, you just go. And also, I was a runner, so I ran long distances and worked out yeah. and all of that. So, yeah, I, feel I don't like, know. I look back and I go, I don't, I don't know how I did it. Well, I feel like a lot of people listening, because, you know, I have like 800 jobs and people mm-hmm. are always like, how do you do it? I don't, one, I don't know either. But I don't know that I know. I think it is you're sort of a product of your environment. Like Mm -hmm. we were talking about this earlier. I don't know that I even think about the fact that I do all that stuff. It's just it's what I'm Mm -hmm. passionate about. It's what I do. And I just move. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you always did. Yeah. So maybe I just, I don't know, saw you doing it. and mm-hmm. Maybe so. Maybe, That's I it. don't know. Do you, I mean, you're obviously a driven person. Yeah. You know, you, uh, I, I mean, if you look at my top five, Achiever is definitely in my top five of the What's Gallup Clifton Strengths. The Clifton Strength Finder. Oh, yeah. If you guys yeah. are interested in personality tests, my mom and I are really into that stuff. So we always do that. But this one is Gallup. What is it? Strength Finder. The Clifton Strength Finder. And yeah, what's you your top one that. is Achiever? No, my top one is Strategy. But yeah. I think Achiever is like number three or four. So yeah, like I always have a strategy a and a plan. My yeah. second one is ideation. So I always have ideas. So, you know, that's the creative part. So right. That and then the, you know, Achiever. So go, this go, is, go. Okay, this is, I just had this interesting thought because I was, while you were saying yours, I was thinking about mine. My top one is empathy. <laughs> Which, there's 34 strengths. Yeah. My number 34 is empathy. Right. Okay, <laughs> so that brings up an interesting point because obviously, like, I am in some ways like you because as far as the being driven uh-huh. and doing a lot of things, being very, like, wanting my own life kind of deal, mm-hmm. definitely like you. But how do you think that we survived the 36 years I don't know. I always say that was your rebellion against me. What, you to were, be a feeler? Like you were a really pretty, <laughs> pretty good kid. You know, you were easy to raise, basically. But I said her one rebellion against me was she was always so nice to people and compassionate. <laughs> and, you know, like I care about people and I want people to achieve and like my number five is maximizer. So I'm always looking for ways to help people achieve their goals and all of yeah. that. But like, I really don't want to get in your problems with you and roll. Oh, around I love it. That. I'll you dive know, right and in. that's your thing. So I always say that was your rebellion against me. I guess so. if you're going to be rebellious. But you got that from your dad because right. his number one is empathy. Yes. Too. Yes. We were the feelers of the family <laughs> for sure. Somewhat, like I was thinking this morning, I got a call from a friend who's going through a breakup and that's a pretty common day for me. <laughs> like I have multiple friends who call, you know, when people are going through things, they, mm-hmm. I'm a good person for people to want to talk to I know for me, when I'm going through something, you're a great person to call when I need to handle business. Mm -hmm. Like, we always talk about, yeah, I've I've talked about it on here before. You know, I was engaged at one point, and I canceled my wedding. You were the first call I made. You got on a plane that day, and you came, and you just handled business. Moved you into this apartment. Yes. Moved into my condo. Canceled all the stuff. That was brutal, but we don't need to dive into all that. No, I'm definitely, and then I swooped out and your friend swooped in. Yeah, when when I needed to like do the crying and all of that, the grieving process, but. I'm um, not really an uncaring and mean person, but. No, I think it's just different people have different strengths and I think that's a funny, like it's an interesting dynamic of our relationship Mm -hmm. because we're, we're similar, like I said, but then there's that, that is a huge part of a personality and like. I think I know I've had to over the years learn like what you, you're doing in certain capacities. Like when you're doing stuff for me, that's the way you show love. Right. You know? That's all those love languages. Acts right. of service is my right. one. Of course, mine is like quality time. Yeah. <laughs> Words of affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I asked a lot of my friends. So I'm taking a, I took a little break from social media over the holidays just as a detox and just to. Um, spend time with my family, but so I'll typically ask like my readers, you know, uh-huh. for questions. So since I wasn't doing social media, I asked some of my friends oh. questions they wanted to know from you. So what was I like as a child was like the main one. A lot of them said you were very um, strong willed and uh, you 
You never slept. I mean, I during still the don't. day. You never slept during the day. Like you would sleep all night, but you definitely still you had fear of missing out early on. FOMO. So, God, I'm still that way. Like, you know, during the day, I was just dying for a nap most of the time, and you wanted to stay awake. So you would, Party. you know, you wanted to be there if people were there. If I had friends over, you wanted to be in the middle of that all the time. You always had friends as you grew up, and. You know, either we had friends at our house or yeah. you were at somebody's house. There was never really a whole lot of, of being alone. And you were very strong-willed. Tell this story. I think like, this is so funny. Well, this you wasn't just one it. event. But, yeah. like, <laughs> whenever I would have to put you in timeout because you <laughs> were strong-willed and you didn't always want to listen to me. And I would say, um, hey, it's you go go sit in timeout. You'd go, I'm not going to sit in timeout. And so I'd say, well, I would you're going to go that? to your work. Yes. And you were, so then you, yeah, you were sassy. So <laughs> you would, uh, I would bring you to your room and you would say, I am not going to stay in here. I would literally have to hold the door shut for you to be in timeout. So she always talks yeah. about sitting on the other side of the door. We're both like ripping at the door. I'm obviously trying to open it and she's trying to keep it shut. Because <laughs> we were both pretty strong willed, yeah. uh, you know, which, you know, works out for me now because kindergartners kick our butts pretty much so when like, they come into school and they're having to learn how to how to behave in school and so I'm like I am the queen of strong willed I will win here I am the boss of this school so you know they it was good training so you're you welcome, were like man. that you're well you were like that and you always wanted to be into everything and I think you're still like this you had like a million different groups of friends totally still like and, that yeah you know you had this group of friends and that group of friends and you could never say no to any of them so you always yep. wanted to go so you know and you were a hard worker um as far as school but the social aspects of school were more <laughs> like I, I remember I was a principal at the same school where you went to high school and the teachers would come up to me and say Kelly sure is chatty today and I would say chatty mom chatty dad I don't know what to tell you I know Why I'm are like you screwed. telling me this you know take care of it what would you do with somebody else but yeah <laughs> so yeah I wasn't bad social. though you weren't bad you I don't were really just feel chatty. like I ever got in trouble you there did. was that one time <laughs> do you remember okay I got I remember being grounded twice one time, um, I didn't even have my driver's license yet, yeah. and I our school was really small. I went to a small private school, and the campus was, like, tiny. So my friend who did have her driver's license would let me drive her car from the parking lot to the baseball field, and I thought I was so cool and, like, so bad. And one day, I was babysitting my little brother after school, and I let him sit in my lap and steer the wheel. Oh, <laughs> And he told on you. Well, on accident. Remember, yes. you picked him up first. This is like classic Rhonda. But this mm-hmm. is, we should tell this because this is classic Rhonda. Because I'm like the mafia. Yeah. I mean, like, you, I couldn't get away with anything. Plus, she worked at my school. So it was like, I mean, I was never, ever going to be able to do anything bad. But um, without you finding out. But so Zachary gets in the car and he's like, how did he say it to you? I don't know. He had a Dr. Pepper and a candy bar. And I was like, where did you get that? Because we didn't do a <laughs> whole was lot of sugar, him. you know. And he said, I can't tell you. And I said, what do you mean you can't tell me? <laughs> well, Kelly said she's going to burn all my toys oh, yeah. if I tell you. And I was I like, made a lot of threats. Oh, so I got it out of him. And the funny part is, so then I went and picked Kelly up from the baseball game later. And I said, so... How was your day? And was uh, it good? Yeah. <laughs> and then I said, "Well, I heard you." I no, remember. you said no. You said, "Did anything interesting happen uh, today, or something?" And I knew you knew then. And I was so like, she was like, "How much do you know?" No, I said, "What do you think happened today?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Another evidence of our strong wills going. Yes. So Ugh. back and forth, we finally got that. So you got punished then. But uh, our favorite way to punish you because you <laughs> like to talk so much that I have to set this up. My husband had a, a home office. At, and yeah. so like there was, it was before the internet was really big, but there was like, you know, FaceTime or something like that. And then he had a phone where you could do three-way calling. And then there was the beginning of that huge, like... big uh, <laughs> cell phone. Remember yeah. that big old... That's speaking of Zach yeah. Morris, the yeah. Zach Morris phone. So anyway, um, 
Kelly would sit with her feet on his desk. She'd have the computer going with whatever that was, and and then there it was, was in, it was in a uh, aim or whatever. Like um, AOL had instant messaging. Yes, so instant I would be messaging. like chatting with my so friends. So there would be typing. that going on. She would have a three way call going on the phone, <laughs> and then the cell phone all at once. So <laughs> our favorite way to ground her was communication grounding. So she could have none of that. She couldn't have. The phone. She couldn't have the computer. She couldn't <sighs> brutal. do any of that. And so one time, I, the, I think this was the biggest thing you ever did. That was I bad, lied which, about staying at a friend's yeah. house or not because I you I was an older girl. It still wasn't even that. You were bad. a freshman and she was a senior. And she was on my basketball team. And she invited me and another girl to come spend the night. But I knew you wouldn't let me go because you were a really, senior. You guys are were really strict on me though. Can you admit that we, we were? You were the first time. And I was a girl, so Dad was like even more hardcore. With Plus, like, we had done pretty much everything there was to do, so we weren't as naive as a lot of other parents. Well. Y'all didn't, like, let that on to me. Like, I'm slowly, like, finding out that you guys both were into stuff. So, yeah. Then you were, like, even more strict on me. Uh Uh-huh. But, yeah. yeah, So, I had – I went – she invited me over. I knew you guys wouldn't let me go. So, I said I was staying at another friend's house, the girl she had also invited. Right. And we both went to Carrie's house and stayed. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Mafia Rhonda, (laughs) P.I. Rhonda, finds out. Yep. And I had just started dating my, like, high school boyfriend. Uh-huh. I only could leave the house to go to my summer league basketball games. Uh-huh. And no phone, no TV. But remember we gave you a uh, visitation. He came over. <laughs> visitation? It sounds like I'm in jail. You, you I was. <laughs> it was two weeks of communication grounding. And so then, um, <laughs> so we, uh, we let him come over, but... It was like we had to be there, right? Which is so awkward. It's like I'm 16 years old and my parents are sitting there with my first boyfriend. (laughs) It was monitoring our conversation. It worked. Yeah, I mean, shockingly, we dated for nine years. So apparently, (laughs) yeah, apparently, he He was like one of our kids. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it worked out. Okay. Um, okay, well, some people were like, "What were you creative as a child? I don't really feel like I was. You, you know, I think that's been the kind of, I don't want to say it's surprising because we have so much creativity in our family. You know, we have so many artists and stuff. But, like, I'm not, like, a sit down and draw kind of person. I'm a doodler. But I'm a real creative thinker. But right. I never really thought of you as creative. I mean, your brother was the one that was, yeah, real was like artsy. Yeah, he was, such an artist. And- yeah. And everything. You were you did do all that drama and stuff in high school, you know. You did oh, a lot yeah, of drama. Like drama classes. You were all plays. in that. But dance. I think that yeah, dance. But I, I didn't ever really think of you as creative as you've ended up being Me with either. your work. You yeah. Know? You or like that I would end up in a creative field. I right. Think. Yeah. I, I knew you would be in a field with people, you know, and talking to people a lot. As we I, said on my podcast. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't think that you would necessarily end up being like a makeup artist or I didn't a, even wear makeup in high school. People right. always ask me that and I'm like, God, I was I would like played basketball. I wasn't necessarily a tomboy. I think I was always pretty girly, but right. like I wasn't into, like, I was more natural. Right. Which yeah, is still was, my makeup style. Well, I just remember, remember those fights we would have when you would, we would go shopping for your clothes and your dad just finally said, hey, I'm going to do an intervention here. Just <laughs> give her the credit card, let her go by herself. Because every time you'll come home and the fights were, I always wanted you to get something feminine with flowers no on way, it and Mama. lace. And you were like, no, you were super tailored. Edgy. You, you know, you wanted to wear, at school, you had to wear your school uniforms, but you were just, yeah, you wanted to do jeans or, and I always wanted you to dress like more dresses. Feminine. I don't know why, because I was a tomboy and I, I know, was that's not so in weird to all me. of that. So, anyway. That's funny that you had that idea. I mean, I do think that, like, I am in a creative field, sort of, mm-hmm. but... I can, I still think of myself as more business-minded than creative, which is really weird, yeah. but... I don't know. I it's think that's a part of yourself. I remember when you moved here and you said you were taking art classes or something and you were like, I'm trying to embrace my creative side. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I think y'all, everybody goes through those kinds of things. Well, we also, the school that I went to was really small and I don't feel like there were, I mean, it was just maybe the way that the school was, there wasn't as many options. Like 
Uh-huh. Even at your school now, I mean, you tell me sometimes about, like, the classes that are offered. I remember these, like, bigger school, because Zachary ended yeah. up going to a bigger school. There's just so many more different kinds of groups, mm-hmm. different outlets, different things that I wasn't even really presented with. Right. You know? So right. you're kind of more in a box that I think I was exploring mm-hmm. more of that after yeah. college. You were a lot more in high school, a lot more preppy. Oh, 100%. People, like, you know, really a lot more preppy. People asked to see pictures, and I said, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, when I was was at uh, Mama's and I was looking through pictures this weekend, I saw some, um, that picture you hate of yourself with the braces and the... In the sweater. watch, the uh, watch. Yeah. I mean, I should probably post it just for everyone's pleasure. But you know, it's like it's almost like cruel to me when I go home and I see these pictures of like junior high. I think that's everyone's really awkward, awkward. phase. And you have it framed at the house, like mom. Why <laughs> <laughs> can't we forget Keep those you years? Humble, Kelly, keeping you <laughs> humble. <laughs> Thanks. It gives me character. Okay, so this was a big question I got. What is it like watching me on a reality show? <laughs> Oh, a lot of my friends ask that. Like, well, it's been very interesting for me because, you know, my reality shows that I watch are Cupcake Wars and... um, They're not very capillary. Love It or Listed or something like that. I'm not like really into the... I wasn't really into all of the the ones that everybody. I mean, there like are the real lots of people lives. that are real. Yeah, they're like real fans. Oh yeah, it's a thing, and, mom. Like it's a whole genre, and so people were so excited that that when they found out you were going to be on this, I mean, it's like they were like, "Wow, it's going to be so great!" And they were talking about all of the um, shows that Kristen had done growing up and yeah you said a lot of your friends um, I had to go back Kristen, and watch huh? some of those because I didn't even really you know I was busy I guess yeah I, I didn't yeah. really watch those so watch those but I, I literally watched a couple of the shows through my fingers you know they were like covering my eyes and <laughs> Wait I for season two <laughs> yeah whoa um, and then there was one that you had told your dad and I probably not to watch. Well, I had said so, to dad, yeah, maybe don't watch. It was when the yeah. Canadian came to town and Kristen was, t- we were talking about circumcision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not really something you want your dad to watch you talk about. Right. So <laughs> he wasn't watching it. And so he said, are you going to watch it? She told us not to. And I said, yeah, I'm going to watch no, it. No, I said so, watch at your own. Just like, yeah. you guys choose so, if you want to watch or so not. So anyway, so that's what I did. So I watched through my fingers. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> but but every Monday more, every Monday at lunch, my whole team of, um, my administrative team, that was the conversation, everybody. So everybody watched on Sunday night. And then oh, and on Monday you guys would dissect that. conversation, yeah. So did really, they ask you like is there's that a couple awkward? of people on my team that were really into um that sh- I mean they're into reality TV big time so yeah. that was big for them so yeah that's a it's a weird it was thing. interesting it I was, think I've had to like let go of it because when we first were filming I was like I mean how do you even be yourself because you want to have conversations with your friends but like that is a weird thing because then it's like the world is watching or your mom or your grandma. I mean, yeah. that, she doesn't watch anymore, thank goodness. No, she, she only watched episode one. She didn't even see the, any of the stuff. <laughs> She's like, I don't know if I like your show. And I was like, that's okay. Go watch. <laughs> it's not for everybody. Yeah, totally not for everybody, mama. <laughs> but so. it is. But it's like you still, at the end of the day, you have to be yourself. And it's not a position many people are in where, well, for you too, it's not a position yeah. most moms are in to watch. I wish I had a dollar for every person that asked me, so is the Canadian still around? Oh my God, me too. I would be a millionaire. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> we'll answer it here. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that was a big question. But it is, it's a very, because I love to read books about people's lives, you mm-hmm. know, and um, I, I love to watch shows where people are being interviewed. So, yeah. Like, but it's a very interesting phenomena, the the whole reality TV thing, how people are really invested in totally. people. And, um, I mean, it is kind of interesting how you have to let people into your lives like that. Well, that's you know? been like, that 
I mean, I would say we're filming season two right now, and I think I've had to really go, okay, am I going to do this or not? Like, because I think season one, you know, I just, my storyline was a smaller one of that season, and Mm -hmm. it just covered the small story of the Canadian, basically. And that's like a tiny portion of my life. So this season, I've really kind of just had to dive in and say like, okay, if I'm going to do this, like I have to let people get to know me and know Mm -hmm. more of my story, like where I came from, we're talking about, like, my past with dating a lot, like, why I'm single, mm-hmm. all of these things. And so, um, but then also, like, the work aspect. And you do. You just have to let people in. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird. It's really Well, vulnerable. and I think people really enjoy getting to see friendships because, right. you know, I mean, as women, we have those friends that just make us belly laugh. Oh, totally. And, and it seems like you and Kristen have that relationship. And so that's fun because it reminds us of our friendships and right. the fun that we have with our friends. So did you feel like watching where you like that's Kelly being herself or did oh, you feel absolutely. like okay. I mean it reminded me of you and Caitlin when whenever you were upstairs at our house in Houston and we'd hear you laughing. Caitlin's my childhood best friend. Right. We would say, oh she's gotta be talking to Caitlin because y'all would <laughs> laugh like that. So um you know that's just part of of that kind of friendship. And I mean, it was the same laugh. So yeah, mm. I would, I would, I mean, you can't fake that kind of relationship. No, it is so funny how different people bring out different sides of you. Like Kristen and I can look at each other and start dying laughing. Cause we figured out like what the other person might be thinking, mm-hmm. you know, and we bring that side out of each other. Like every time we're together, we're just dying yeah. laughing. So and all is, the inside jokes. Oh, and the, right. I mean, I, I mean, I think that's what makes, uh, reality shows relatable is when people have those those true genuine relationships so yes I did feel like you were being yourself well that's all I can ask for then being myself that's the best goal right yeah it is is there anything else you want to say about me mom no just kidding (laughs) (laughs) I could go on and on and on for hours Kelly I I did want to kind of we kind of talked about what you did for a living but um Mm -hmm. We, I think I sort of dove, dove into the questions for my friends, but we went and had drinks with some of your friends and kind and I guess they're what do you call them employees of yours, colleagues? Like, well, some of them I work. I think there were a couple of people that from my office, yeah. And then there, uh, there was one teacher who's just a huge fan of the show, so she yeah. came. Um, and then I had um a person who used to work for me but our friendship has has continued now that she's a principal also right. and then a friend i met from her so it was a a nice mix which is kind of what i have i have friends from this is weird i'm 61 but yeah. i have friends from in their 20s to their 80s you know because i just feel like there's such a richness of of life so yeah we had a good mix i i think one the youngest was probably in her mid thirties, like early thirties, yeah. and then um, some in their forties. And that was so. a cool. It was a cool experience for me because obviously I know you as my mom, and I see you, you know, with like our family. I've seen you with friends before, but that was the most I've ever seen you interact, like in kind of a mentoring position. Mm-hmm. Like I found, you know, like a couple of your friends were talking about stuff you'd given them advice about. They told me about what you do when they're having a bad day. We should um, probably make a video. To- <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I can't do that. Oh, right. I'll do it. <laughs> um, and she has a little ritual. When she when teachers are having a bad day, she pulls them in. They do this, like, ohm thing and then flip the bird. <laughs> it's so – it is so relieving. Like, very yeah. – But so they all had these, like – I these things they told – the stories they told me about you and how you'd help them get through something or advice you'd given and just kind of, like – mentored like Uh and I think that was a cool thing for me to experience like did you ever think of yourself as being in that position no but I do think that like we go through a lot of stuff in life you know yeah it would be wasted if we didn't share our you know strength hope and experience that we gain from those things and so um you know I I get I get to go to work every day and I get to impact you know, over a thousand kids and their families by setting up an environment that's good. But when you work with a lot of women, you know, and in my job, it's 98 to 100 percent women. They're single moms. They're going through divorces. They 
Um, some of them are like me on the other side where they're caring for their parents mm-hmm. because their parents have gotten older. And so being able to sit down with people or, you know, and, and let them know that I have an open door for them to come. And literally my door is open most of the day, literally, yeah. but if it's closed, they can still come in. And, um, you know, I have a secretary, I call her a velvet covered brick because she, her number one strength is empathy also. And mm. so she takes care of their needs or says, well, you know, I know Rhonda's going to want to talk to you about yeah. that. And so it's been, it adds richness to my life because I feel like when we give back, we get from that as much as we give. And so, mm. you know, the last couple of years, I've had a lot of women going through trouble with their kids or divorces and just kind of helping walk them through that, walk them through, um, you know, their feelings so that they can go on with their day is important. You know, and so you develop friendships through that because you get close to people. But how do you separate, because this is something I'm having to learn about now that I have people working with me for Velvet's Edge and stuff, like, you know, they've become my friends. And like, how do you separate business and the friend line? Like, that's well, such a I fine think, line. I think for me is, you know, when people, people have to know that you care about them before they're going to work well, yeah. you know? So, I mean, I'm not super empathetic. Like I said, I don't want to get in there and roll around with you on that. And that's the difference in, in the empathy thing. I think people who are empathetic sometimes have a hard time separating how the other person is experiencing something from their role. Like oh, they totally. get I mean, so involved in it. Someone gets I, upset with me or it's telling me their story and I'm going to cry with them. Like, Yeah. <laughs> and I can listen to them and talk with them about it and you know, say that must hurt or that feels bad and not actually feel those feelings like you do. So I think that's kind of different. But then, you know, people know that I'm there for them and I would do anything for anybody. Like you said before, you know, I'm, I, I, I guess I'm a strong woman. People say that all the time. You know, I'm not always strong, but I, I can help people get through things. And so mm-hmm. when you, you develop a bond with people, when you're talking to them about their personal lives, totally. and so it just happens. Yes. Yeah, so you just have to have your own boundaries about it. For me, it's always like, if the work's getting done, like that's, I don't care. Like let's be yeah. friends too. But it's like such a, it's a fine line. Well, and sure. then like our friend Carly that was there the other mm-hmm. night, like we just laugh a lot. She's just funny. So, funny. so we have a lot of fun. So um, you know, it, it's just fun to develop those to relationships. develop those relationships, and you know, I wish I could do it more. I mean, my job is a, a lot of paperwork, and I'm yeah. busy a lot, so I don't get out into the building as much as I yeah. want to. All the, I would rather just I'm kind of like you, I'm a social butterfly. I would rather just stay out there all the time, right? Mix and mingling, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Um, what would you say? Like, what's your biggest? Because I mean, you've talked about. Like how you how many more years do you have until you reach a certain? Well, I you know twenty twenty is the year I could retire. You could, yeah. So I mean, yeah. like those those are things you're thinking about now. Mm-hmm. Is like how much longer will you do this and all that stuff. So like, what would you say has been your biggest takeaway from like either your position now or like what's some what's the main thing you feel like you've learned? Which is probably a ton. Well, I think sure. we're always growing. Yeah, you know, like I. I get really upset when people have a total fixed mindset and say, well, that's just the way they are. They can't change because I totally believe that we're totally evolving our whole entire life. And so, you know, in 20 years, you may look back at this reality show and go, wow, I what was, was I going doing? through that then. <laughs> um, and you'll realize that you were a different person. I mean, because I look back and I just, that's the takeaway is, this too shall pass, I guess, or this, yeah. you, you go through this stage and then you go to a deeper and richer stage. It's a journey. And I mean, we're learning and hopefully becoming wiser. Um, I, I used to work for a lady who would say, you know, if you're beautiful at 18, that's just totally, you know, what nature gave you or whatever. But if you're beautiful at 60, because you start losing that outward beauty, right. you know, it's because of the work that you've done, oh, you know, with God or whatever you call your higher power. Yeah. And, um, you know, the work that you've done 
to get there. And so, you know, you're just constantly evolving and, um, you know, hopefully taking care of yourself so that you can live a rich life. Because I'm planning on living to 105. I don't know how that's going to work out, but that's what (laughs) my plan is. I like that goal for you. (laughs) We've been working on that financial plan for a while. So the guy keeps saying, if you live till 95, you'll have this and this, and you'll be able to live um, leave this much to your kids. And my, my husband's like, we're not planning on leaving anything to them. So, like, how much longer can we live? So, like, uh, you know, 105, I'm planning on it. Okay, I like that. If you, like, but as a mother, what is something, because these are things for me, like, for the future, mm-hmm. that I, what is something that if you look back, that you would go, oh, I wish I would have done that differently? Um, I think, you know, as we parent, we kind of parent from the perspective or the lenses that we see the world through. And um, I have this friend, Carrie Uberekin, who I just really have enjoyed watching her parent her four kids because she lets them all be the little people that they are. And I feel like I was, I'm such an achiever and I was always on such a schedule that sometimes I might have imposed that thinking on you guys. Like you need to get this homework done. This comes before this. And I wish I would have just sat sometimes and listened more. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I feel like I did a good job of playing games and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know that I was fully present all the time because you're thinking my mind, that's the way my mind thinks. I was clicking off. Okay. So once I finish this game, I need to do you know. this next. So it was more like I scheduled those things right. in instead of just sitting and enjoying them. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I think that uh, that that's kind of what I would change. What do you? Go back. One time you said to me, um, sometimes I worry I made you too independent. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean I think that as moms we always want to to bring our kids up to be independent. And I think we think in our society more of boys as being more independent and going out and doing their own things. Um, But then with girls, you kind of do things to make them know that they can be self-assured and that Uh, they can take care of their own lives and that they don't necessarily have to be married (laughs) to to, to take care of themselves. Oh, I see. You know, so... (laughs) Like that you can be a businesswoman, that you uh-huh. don't have to have a man to be successful, all of that. You know, I, I think I might have overdone it on that one. I don't know if you oh. – <laughs> well, I'm not married, so we know that. But I've been in long-term relationships. Right. It's just, I think I'm to the point now where it's like, why would I settle for something that's not – Exactly. What I want for my life or or I've, I will say I've never operated from a place of a man is going to make – my life complete or give me all the things I want. Like I always knew I needed to go out and get the things I want, which I think is a good, because you don't want to have to rely on someone else for your own happiness. There's, you know, any relationship's kind of interesting because the other person needs to be themselves and have their own goals. And I think that, you know, that's different from when my mom grew up, so to speak. I mean, they just did whatever was expected of them. I mean, I remember growing up and I was really, you know, math was my strong thing. I was going to be an accountant. And my dad was like, you really need to be a teacher so that you have the summers off and blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, I went into education and I mean, I've loved it. I I really feel like I, you know, have uh, benefited from that job uh, as a person, but I, you know, I did it because of that kind of thinking. And to be able to have a family, too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I I think that we have to realize that we're independent people in order to have a healthy relationship and be independent. It is so different, though, because even that mentality, like, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, I do want a family, too, and it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of pressure right now because I'm getting to a certain age where, obviously, you start to go, wait, can that still happen? And, like, it just outlooks look really different. But the time is different now. Like, I don't feel – I never felt like I was raised with the mentality of I need to have a certain career so that I can, too, mm-hmm. 
to have a kid later or, you know, have right. a husband. Like, it was more about creating the life I want and then right. hopefully finding a partner to build yeah. that life with. And I don't necessarily think that you can do it all. I mean, I don't necessarily think that I am the same. I did parenting the same way as those moms that stayed at home. Yeah. But then they didn't do parenting the same way that right. I did either. So, right. there, you know, like... There's not a right or wrong way. It's just different. It's just different, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that we do anything perfectly in life, you know? And uh, But it's just, you know, we do have a lot of opportunities now that women didn't have. Way back then didn't. Yeah. They were, or the expectations are different. We're both reading, or you're reading the Michelle Obama book, Becoming, and I listen to her podcast, and she says to women... Um, it is a lie that you can have it all mm-hmm. uh, or something about like, you can't, you can have it all just not at the same time. Right. Which I think is probably true. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine if I had a kid right now, I mean, they would be sent a, I mean, I would change obviously, but I work all the time. Your right dad now. would have to move to Nashville. To be he my would nanny. Be the, he <laughs> my could nanny. be the nanny. <laughs> he would actually love that. He would. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you would, I guess you figure it out if that's the situation you're in, but I see what she means in that, Right now I'm building my empire is what I like to say, my little <laughs> empire. And I, it, it's my main focus. And I don't, right. it doesn't leave a lot of time for relationship or kids or, mm-hmm. again, I'm the type of person, if those things came into my life, I would shift yeah. and they would become my priority because relationships yeah. are important to me. But Well, that's what I was going to say. You yeah. have relationships. Tons. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You have really good ones. It's interesting. So, anyway. Um, so January for Velvet's Edge is going to, I'm going to put the focus on self-care. Just, I feel like, like holidays are such a time of over-consumerism and just gifts and all of those things. And, um, I like to start the year thinking about like setting my intentions and how Mm -hmm. I'm going to take care of myself this year and be my best self. What are ways that you've learned over the years because you have been so busy, like you said, and like the balancing act, how have you taken care of yourself? Well, or learned ways. I, to I do start that. each year like, and I'm trying to decide because New Year's Day is Tuesday, and I try to check. I, I choose one word that I focus on. Like my word this last year was people, mm-hmm. so like that's what my focus was was people. So a lot of the things that I would normally do, I set aside and I would focus on people, which I think is what you saw that night when we went yeah. to meet my friends. Is that I do have some really rich relationships, and I think that. That was because I said that. This year, I'm trying to decide between the words balance and energy. And I think Mm. I'm going to go with energy because I'm going to try to have positive energy in my life and surround myself with positive energy and get the negative energy out of my life. So that's, to me, that choosing that one word that just kind of helps me focus for the Mm -hmm. year is a huge self-care. Um, the other thing is, of course, I work out. I'm a fanatic, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I work out. I do something six out of seven days, um, a week. you know, a week. Um, and usually on the day that I don't work out, I stretch. So uh, working out and staying physically fit. And then I I read. Mm-hmm. I, I always have a few books going. I usually have a professional book, a nonfiction book, and a fiction book going mm-hmm. at the same time just depending on what my mood is How that day. is that self-care What for you? I think for me, it's relaxing and yeah. just stopping for a few minutes to focus on something other than task-oriented, yeah. you know? Like this morning, I was, because I've been helping your grandma, you know, yeah. this weekend with, with stuff, I really had a hard time sitting here and just focusing. So that kind of helps my mind relax just yeah. to read. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I usually have three different kinds of books going because my mood, sometimes if I can't like settle down enough to read a fiction book, I will pick up a professional book. At least I feel like I'm working a little bit, kind of a little workaholism I'm hearing there, but um, (laughs) you know, that at least I'm, I'm doing that, you know, I'm aware of it. Um, And then I do, um, I, I believe, you know, in taking care of ourselves emotionally and spiritually. So I have my... You know, I'm not a religious person really, but I am very spiritual. spiritual. Mm -hmm. And so I do have a relationship with God that I I concentrate on in the mornings. I stop before I start my day and read. 
um, spiritual stuff. I do some meditation time in the morning. And then at night, I've started doing this really great meditation. I kind of just made up myself um, after hearing you you and uh, Frank talk about chakras oh, and yeah, all yeah. of that. I, I did a little research on chakras. And I just lay down at night. And as I do my meditation, I kind of ask myself questions. I go you know, through all the chakras and ask myself questions. Am I feeling secure about my, you know, job, my house, my finances, all of that? Am I, did I do something pleasurable today? Right. Is there something I need to let go of? Hmm. How did I show love today? Did I use my voice appropriately? Because I can be a little sharp-tongued sometimes. Sassy. And I get it um, honestly. You know, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, uh, what is my intuition telling me? And what mm-hmm. is it that I need to just reach out and hand over? You know, like, so... So it's kind of like getting like, back in touch with yourself. Yeah, kind of at the end of the day. So that's a huge new part of my self-care routine. And then I eat really, I try to eat really well. Yeah. Um, Fuel your body. I think that's a really good one with the ending your day that way, the chakras thing, because we, I know for me at least, I'm moving at, you know, 800 miles a minute. I feels like all the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't really sometimes stop and say like, check in with myself at least, like what you're saying. Uh Uh-huh. And, and really, like, go, what do I need right now? Or what is going on yeah. with me? And a lot of times we're just acting without thinking, which can be dangerous. Well, and not only, like, what did I not do well today, but what did I do well? Because right. I think a Give lot of times validation. we focus on, you know, in Texas, we have those state-mandated tests. Yeah. And when teachers get those back, I'm at a very high-performing school. I mean, we get kids that are from all over the world. Their parents are professionals. They're super smart. So we... um you know, our test scores are really good, but yeah. they always focus on the negative Like first. the one that they missed yes. or something. And so, like, it's like, look for what we did right. Yeah. And so we need to do that with ourselves. Like, how do, how did I use my voice correctly today? Right. Or, I like that. You know, that. that kind of thing. Yeah. What did I do well letting go of? Yeah. yeah. That's good. It's the first thing I do every time I do a job, I always talk about how hard it is for me to post work pictures because the first thing I do every time is find the one thing I don't like and I'm like, nope, can't do it, which is obviously perfectionism. But it's a struggle for sure. I think it's easy to focus on the negative versus the positive. I'm that recovering perfectionist also. I like that. Rhonda, this was fun. (laughs) Thanks thanks for for having me, Cal. I think people will really enjoy the, um, this is like, this is an even deeper level of getting to know the behind right. the scenes. We do this all the time too. This is like talk Just, like this. This is the kind of one I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy being around you. We have good conversations. This is true. This is true. Well, thanks mom for being on this and thank you guys for listening. Hope you have a happy new year and ready for 2019. Yay. Happy new year. <laughs> Bye. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.